Welcome to this Strengthening Families and Communities Forum. I'm so happy you can attend uh, here or online. And we're going to have a, a lot of a good give and take. And uh, hopefully also you will, you know, also give your uh, comments and questions for Patty and later for myself. And this will be like a dialogue and discussion too. So I really uh, look forward to that. Our first speaker is Patty Hidalgo Menders. Patty's greatest accomplishment is as a loud mom of six sons, a daughter to parents who escaped communist Cuba, and a loud advocate that continues to protect children from CRT and other progressive ideologies. She's a community liaison officer in Northern Virginia for the office of the uh, Virginia Attorney General, Jason Miaris. She is the founder director of the Loudoun Conservative Care State PAC, which puts on events for conservatives and raises money for local charities. Republican candidates and conservative organizations. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, as Richard said, my name is Patty Hidalgo Menders, and he met me at a mom's. Um, what I what do I call it? It was a um, press conference in front of the National School Board Association, and so I was speaking there with about. 20 other moms um, because the National School Board Association encouraged our attorney, U.S. Attorney General Garland to call parents domestic terrorists. So that was a monumental time in um, our fight for parents. So I'm here to give my personal story of how I fought back against progressive ideologies like critical race theory being implemented in our son's school. I believe that a person's life experiences determine their passions and their courageous spirit. My parents bravely fought, bravely escaped from communist Cuba in 1961. So this shows a photo of my parents. My mother was 21 years old. My father was only 26. My oldest sister, Tilly, was a 10-month-old baby. My mom was eight months pregnant, and she gave birth three month, three weeks after arriving. So this is them off the Pan Am flight. Of course, Pan Am doesn't exist anymore, but this is my parents arriving from Cuba. My parents had no other choice but to leave their homeland of Cuba for a better life here in America. The communist country took over everything. Universities and churches were shut down. Children were put into special schools. Neighbors would anonymously tattletale on each other. Militia would storm people's homes, property and land were seized by the government, and so many other atrocities happened to the Cuban people. My parents were part of the underground movement against Castro, but when the Bay of Pigs fiasco occurred, they knew they had to leave. My parents taught us six kids. This is a photo of us from 1972. <laughs> that family, our faith in God, our freedoms, and hard work was the foundation for the opportunities here in America. My father worked full-time and went to school full-time, earning his master's and PhD in chemical engineering. Education was our way out of poverty. Fast forward to 2009 when I made the difficult decision to become a single mother, raising my three little boys ages 5, 7, and 10 in a very expensive area in Loudoun County, Virginia. It was my faith and my parents' support that got me through very difficult times protecting and defending my own children. God had a plan for me, and I trusted him. 
He led me to an incredible widowed father of three sons. Together we blended and became a big family with six sons. So um, holding the dog is my youngest, Ryan. To his right is Jake, my husband's oldest. Then uh, on the other side of the dog is Connor. Then my husband and I, Caleb, Joshua, and Michael. So that's our big family plus the dog, Stella, my favorite. (laughs) So during COVID lockdown, the eight of us, We hunkered down and continued working and doing school from home. As most parents did, I would look over my youngest son's shoulder to see how school was going. His grades suffered greatly, and I knew I had to attend the school board meetings to ask for a plan to place our to bring our children back to in-person learning. You'll recall that many liberal areas of the country, they kept children home uh, for over a year, close to two years. So I attended the school board meeting, and this was my first school board speech. I've lived in Loudoun County for over 22 years. I have six sons. Four of them are in college, one has moved out, and I still have one son in high school. I strongly believe kids need to be back with in-person learning. Kids need to be kids. For almost a year, our Loudoun County students have been at home trying to learn. Why hasn't our school board developed a plan to bring them back to in-person learning? This isn't political. It's about our children. Kids' grades are failing, kids' mental health is being affected, special education children aren't getting the support they need. How is a child to learn sitting in front of a screen for six to eight hours? Private schools are open, public schools in other states are open. Over 4,800 students have left Mountain County. My sophomore son is a student athlete, once was motivated with a 3.7 GPA. And now he's very unmotivated. So you'll see at first parents attended school board meetings to get our children back to in-person learning. So I was part of a panel with Fox and Friends about the in-person learning request. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the parents or the students. It's it's lack of leadership at the top. Our school board, I hate to go political because we've talked about this a lot, that it's not about politics, but our school board is majority Democrat. Our board of supervisors is majority Democrat. Our governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, both houses, all Democrat. We're, we're being controlled and our taxes are going to go up. So we need we need to do this on a bipartisan basis. It should not be about politics. It should be about how families need to, to work at home with their children. It's a struggle. So I don't blame the teachers at all. They're doing awesome. I blame leadership. So I went on Fox and Friends to express my frustration with the school board and the leadership having no plan to bring our children back to in-person learning. There were only 20 to 30 parents that would attend these bi-monthly school board meetings during public comments requesting for a plan. We asked for a town hall. We wanted transparency um, when our children would return to school. So here is my school board, next school board speech requesting for a town hall. County public schools have been in the national spotlight for nearly two straight months. Yet the school board and this administration continue to ignore parents like me 
that want to be heard. So many frustrated parents have questions. We would like to talk to you off of this podium and out of this room. We would like to hold an open town hall meeting. The Loudoun County community deserves a public setting where we can ask you questions. We would like to invite the school board, the interim superintendent, the equity director, the head of MSAAC, and any other third party organization that influences school policy. We need to discuss the failure of fully opening schools, the implementation of critical race theory, and making significant changes to the math curriculum. We would like honesty and transparency when it comes to our children. We elected you and we deserve to be heard. Thank you. So all parents were doing was asking for a plan to get our children back to in-person. But as you can see, this school board and this superintendent did not want parents involved. They had a plan in their head and they were uh, focused on pushing their ideologies. Now, what was interesting, after parents spoke at the school board meetings, one of the school board members, her name was Beth Bartz, she decided to use Facebook and ask constituents to target the parents that were attending the school board meetings. They created a blacklist of us parents with our first and last names, where we lived, where our kids went to school. They blacklisted us by calling out our spouses' names, pictures of us, calling us white supremacist, racist, and disgusting. So this shows you the group. It was called Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County. And you'll see this woman, Jen Morse, she said, I think a good starting point would be getting volunteers to, one, gather information, uh, you know, find out who we were. Remember, we were just parents wanting our kids back in person, okay? Then they wanted to infiltrate. There was no need to infiltrate. We were just parents, okay? Then they wanted to spread information about us. And we, we found out about these screenshots, um, we had people in these groups that were sharing this information with us. Um, they wanted to gather donations for their efforts. I mean, they were trying to really shut us down. Um, you'll see over here on the right-hand side, Courtney Brooks, she's actually a teacher. Wow. She listed us by name, Patty Hidalgo, or whatever her name is. <clears throat> Then um, this one shows more about the anti-racist parents of Loudoun County. They would post pictures of me. You'll see on the left, it was a group of my friends and I. Um, and then over here, I was president of the Loudoun County Republican Women's Club, and it was the largest in Virginia. So some of my members were moles in this group, and they're the ones that sent me these screenshots. And at one of my meetings, this is October of 20. 20. Okay. Um, I hosted a gentleman. His name is Scott Minio. He founded Parents Against Critical Theory. And it was an educational uh, place where parents could understand what these political ideologies were about. So I hosted him at our meeting. We had uh, to my, uh, the woman next to me, Alicia Andrews, ran for Congress in 2020. And then the gentleman in the middle is our Republican GOP chair for the 10th district. So I simply had a picture of them and they decided to attack us. So how can an elected official 
ask her constituents to blacklist other constituents. How did we parents get access to this? So it does, because I was president of the Loudoun County Republican Women's Club, we were very large. I grew the club from 25 cute little old ladies to almost 500 members. And we became very organized. Um, I was strategic in if there was a skill set that somebody had. I would say, I would love for you to run the marketing committee. I would love for you to do our campaign. You know, I was, I was wanting to delegate. It couldn't all fall on me. It needed to be delegated. And we had men join. I encouraged people to come speak at the school board meetings. It was just a wonderful group of conservatives that wanted to support our children. So my club members would send me screenshots showing these attacks on parents. I also received videos showing what some of these teachers were teaching to our children. You might recall in the media a video of a high school honors teacher having a discussion on what is race. So you might recall this video once it loads. It's a high school honors teacher, English honors, having a discussion on what is race. This teacher was berating this one particular student about race. So I'm going to play the video. The, the story behind this picture, um, I'd rather hold on to that. Just tell me, tell me what, what this seems to be a picture of. It's just two people chilling. Right, just two people. That's nothing more to this picture? Nah, not really. Just two people chilling. I don't believe that you believe that. Um, I don't believe that you look at this as just two people. Um, I don't think truly you is just two people, though, is it not? Yeah, but I think you're being, I think you're being, um, you're being intentionally coy about what this is a picture of. <laughs> what would I be being coy about? It's two people standing back to back in a picture. Yeah, and that's all you see is two people. I, I'm I'm confused on what you would like me to to speak I on. Don't, in that I don't I don't think you are. I don't know why you do this. Um, I'm not trying to call you out, but you could you 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 know you come out off of mute to talk about what this is a picture of, and you act as if as if you know there's nothing noticeable about this apart from the fact that two people well i'm confused are you trying to get me to say that there are two different races in this picture yes, is that I what you wanted to, to say, say? well at the end of the day wouldn't that just be feeding into the problem of looking at race instead of just acknowledging them as two normal people no it's not because you you can't not look at you can't you can't look at the people and not acknowledge that there are racial differences right but if we're going for, let's say if we're looking for equality within all this, then why would we need to point out things such as that? Because those things, those differences are real things. You can't, you can't. Ironically, this photo is twins from England with a black father and a white mother. They're sisters. They're twins. So the irony of this silly teacher pushing race when this is, they're sisters, okay? No, of course not. He's pushing race. Remember, children don't see color. This is a learned thing that adults are pushing on children. And what I loved about this student was, first of all, he recorded it, okay? Then he shared it with his mother, who shared it with a friend who was a member of my women's club. And they were afraid to be attacked or whatever. So we edited, 
We took all the children, the Zooms for the children used to be here. We made sure the, the name of the child was not included. You know, we made sure it was all clean. And then we leaked it to the media. Okay. So the teacher, I think his name, Daniel Cisnero or something. This was Freedom High School. So parents went from wanting in-person learning. And then we kind of got, the more we learned, there was a political ideology of separating us by race or separating the children. <clears throat> so our school board was pushing equity initiatives and forcing teachers to take equity training. They would use other words other than critical race theory or CRT. They use equity, diversity, inclusion, culturally responsive training, bias reporting, and so many other politically correct words. <clears throat> the one thing we found is the left is very good with wordsmithing. But the gist of these progressive ideologies is critical race theory, separating our children by the color of their skin into victims and oppressors. The school board continued to say that they were not implementing critical race theory, but we would use Freedom of Information Act, the FOIA request to uncover the truth. So in our strategy as parents, um, there were some people that did work for the federal government and were very courageous to know the FOIA request process. And so that's how we would get a lot of information. <clears throat> so we found an invoice from Loudoun County School from the Equity Collaborative. So they hired an equity training company. You'll see the Equity Collaborative The um, at the top of the invoice. You'll see Equity Collaborative. And at the very bottom, I kind of blew it up so you could see Equity Leadership Coaching. Coaching support for LCPS leaders, follow-up meetings focused on critical race theory development. So these school board members kept saying, no, we're not teaching critical race theory. We found an invoice with proof that they were. Wow. The school board was also implementing a student equity ambassador program. So can you imagine a student equity ambassador program? Only kids who were, um, uh, let's see, let me finish my speech here. Um, they had a bias reporting. So the bias reporting was a way for students to anonymously report offensive language. So can you imagine children tattletaling on each other for things that kids say to each other? And you know, children are not, their brains are not fully developed and they're gonna say stupid things. But you know what? It's adults' responsibility to manage and discipline. It's not other students' responsibility to call them out. It kind of reminds me of when my parents were in Cuba, the neighbors would tell on them anonymously. And then there was a student equity ambassador program where they would be the judge and the jury of how to discipline these children for their words. They basically were looking for racism in the schools. Uh, and they would use this anonymous tattletale technology. So they could go to this little website and you could pick these different, I know it's not really clear, but it said types of uh, incident, check all that apply. 
and it says racial insult, offensive language, you know, kids do say stupid things, but it's not, it shouldn't be in an anonymous tattletale approach of disciplining. So three other parents and I actually sued our Loudoun County School Board for the student equity ambassador programs and for the bias reporting based on our children's civil rights and rights to freedom of speech. Unfortunately, we live in a very liberal area in Northern Virginia, and the case was dismissed by a judge in the Arlington courts. But our lawyers with Liberty Justice Center have continued fighting, and they appealed it to the Richmond Supreme Court. And I'm happy to say we're still waiting on the judges. Um, I don't know the legal terminology, unfortunately, but basically they got to say the, our lawyers from Liberty Justice Center got to um, have their talking points again. And these three judges, and thank goodness they're conservatives that were appointed by Reagan and Bush to um, hear our claims and we're waiting to see what they say. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get rid of these programs in our schools. So we parents continued um, attending the school board meetings. And because I was part of a large Republican women's club, I had access to parents. We would hold rallies before the meetings, encouraging parents, grandparents, and other residents to speak. Not only were we fighting for in-person learning, now we were angry about critical race theory. They want to divide us by the color of our skin. I've always taught my children, do your best. We live in America. This is an, an amazing opportunity. And what they're doing to our children is disgraceful. We do not need the government to tell our children what their values are. Don't tell my daughter what to think. Don't tell my daughter what to say. That's not the school's job. That's my job and my decision on whether or not I want to raise my daughters to be activists. So that was a rally before, and then we started doing more school board speeches focused on critical race theory. But what I'd like to know is how did we get here? How do we get to the point where we're fighting about what we believe is best for our children? Please remember that these are our children, not your children. We voted for you to represent us as parents. We give our taxpayer money to you to wisely use to help our children. Masks. Can't you make it optional? Can't you give the permission to each parent to choose what they feel is best for their child? The transgender policy. You want these transgender students, which is roughly 0.38% of the entire student body, to use the opposite sex bathrooms and play sports with the opposite gender. What about the safety of those non-transgender girls? What about the 81,000 students that are not transgender? Protecting our children. Miss Bartz. I don't see you here today, but uh, you said and made it very clear in a videotaped meeting that it was not your responsibility to protect our children. How can you say such a thing? You're supposed to represent all children. You're supposed to protect every child. Culturally responsive training, diversity, equity, whatever you call it, it's components of critical race theory. That's exactly what it is, a theory. Can't we get back to academics? Can't we focus on teaching my junior in high school the basics of math, science, writing? Can't you help my son prepare for his future instead of teaching him to be a social justice warrior? 
It doesn't matter to my son what color the child sitting next to him in the classroom is or the color of the player on the football team with him is. It matters that they respect each other and can have a great dialogue in the classroom without making them feel guilty or victimized because of the color of their skin. I'm pleading with you to please put aside your progressive ideologies and do what's best for all 81,000 of these Loudoun County students. Put our children first. My family moved to Loudoun County over 22 years ago because this school system had an incredible academic program, one of the best in the nation. Two of my sons have graduated through Loudoun County. In just two years, you have implemented programs that are not creating high academic achievers. It is implementing progressive political ideologies. It's not academic. How does looking at skin color or creating victims or oppressors help our children academically? How does removing homecoming king and queen or father-daughter dances help our children academically? How does spending millions of dollars on retrofitting bathrooms for 50 students affect the 81,000 students academically? How does following Fairfax County with every decision help the students in Loudoun County academically? How does mandating a vaccine for the healthiest students, our athletes, help our children academically? How does continuing to mask our children for a virus that has 99.8% recovery rate help our children academically? School board members, you have made so many decisions without consulting us, the parents. You are destroying the very foundation of our community, our children. Get back to academics. Thank you. In the Code of Virginia law, it describes the rights of parents. A parent has a fundamental right to make decisions concerning the upbringing, education, and care of the parent's child. This school board and Mr. Ziegler have continued to wage war with parents and implement your own political programs. Ms. Sheridan, I'm offended that you think parents are trying to push a narrative to win an election. No, this is about our children. This is about the safety of our children. You are putting politics over the safety of our children. You are so consumed with pushing race and gender that you sacrificed our children and didn't protect them. A young girl was sexually assaulted in May, and all of you knew about it. The guilty predator was put back into our Loudoun County schools to sexually assault a second young girl. You all should resign, and Mr. Ziegler, you need to be fired. Oh, I'm fast forward, but parents stood up for in-person learning. Then it went to critical race theory. We did FOIA requests. We found what they were pushing. Then it went to this transgender policy that they wanted to implement. They did change a lot of our um, bathrooms, the names of our schools. They, they put so much money into separating our children into these buckets of victims and oppressors. Then we come to find out May 28, 2021, there was a young girl that was sexually assaulted and sodomized in the bath girl's bathroom. This individual, the 14-year-old boy, was wearing a skirt and did this to this young girl. She was 14 as well. They did not believe the parents when they went to the school. They kicked the father out of the school, okay? Um, this father attended a June 22nd school board meeting, and they arrested him because he was so distraught over how, how this whole transgender policy was being implemented. But in between all of this, we started to learn 
about the sexually explicit books in our schools, not just the high schools. So I want to share with you, I was um, part of, uh, I was on Tucker Carlson inadvertently, so I'll share that with you. I love Tucker Carlson, by the way. Evolution. This stuff is everywhere. Have you ever taken a look at the books that your kids are being assigned in school? Have you actually read them? <sighs> Parents in Loudoun County actually did read them. And one mother had the temerity to read portions of those books aloud at the Loudoun County School Board meeting. Watch. Jasper wasn't even my boyfriend, just this dude I did some hacking with once in a while. He was pretty basic library systems, low security Not in my league at all, but he had a big And sometimes a girl just needs a big Her top lip curled up. Wait a minute, is that what's really going on? She did your homework and you ate her Is that why you're crying? It's okay, it's cool. This is what girls do at parties. I told myself and kept dancing with the boy. I couldn't see the alcohol making my waist wind faster. If this is inappropriate for me to read to you, this is inappropriate for our children. How much did the billion dollar porn industry contribute to LCPS? My question is now, are you going to use the whole language approach to coincide with this vile reading and teach pole dancing in PE? No, that was not To Kill a Mockingbird with Scout and Boo Radley. That's racist. What you just heard were excerpts from anti-racist books that have been officially approved by Loudoun County teachers. So they like that word anti-racist. They created a diversity library, and it has a lot of sexually explicit books. Um, so we blew up. Anti-racist is just a wordsmithing that they use to try to turn it around because they don't want to be racist. So they're calling us, they're calling people, it is a double negative, exactly. So anybody that speaks out against these political ideologies is considered a racist. And, and ironically, I'm Hispanic and I'm supposed to be a minority, right? And you too, yeah. So um, what we did as parents is we, we took big construction board paper and blew up the words and we showed them right to their face. I wanted these school board members to take accountability for the books that they approved for our students. So then not only did it go on Tucker Carlson, but it also went on Laura Ingram. And she asked me to speak to her. It really didn't want it to happen. It just kind of did. Again, this is for 13 or 14 year olds, correct? Yes, it is It is disgusting. I wouldn't even want to read this book myself and they are mandatorily telling our children that for them to pass this class, they need to select one of these diverse books. They now, a parent, yeah, I, I just wanna get this so people understand we're not exaggerating. Okay, a Latin parent reading an excerpt from another book called Hashtag Murder Trending. Watch. Jasper wasn't even my boyfriend, just this dude I did some hacking with once in a while. He was pretty basic library systems, low security Not in my league at all, but he had a big and sometimes a girl just needs a big Now, Patty, uh, I guess one of these books was actually mandatory, but it, it's one of the offerings, that's for sure. And if you said that any of this in a professional setting, it would be actually called sexual harassment, they're trying to make some, you know, social commentary or talk about abuse or something, or, or choices kids have to make. 
But why is this appropriate in a school setting, and how is this going to advance their knowledge about the great works of, of Western civilization? Well, it started when they, they took away Dr. Seuss. They said that he was racist. And then they, we find out that they allowed, the school board approved these diverse books in our schools. And they started with the high school. And parents found out about it. But the day that we spoke to the school board, did you know that they approved this diversity library for the middle schoolers? So now what are we going to expect for the even younger students? Oh, it's gonna get it's gonna get worse and worse. Uh, do you all think ever, you know, maybe it's time not to just go to meetings but run them, run for school board, trying to trying to take this, these school boards over? I mean, they do. The left is doing this, and they're just rolling over to you know critical race theory and the like. We've tried different avenues. We've tried, hey, let's have a town hall so you can tell us exactly what's going on with our children. We've tried, now the new strategy is, we're, we're recalling six of the school board members. Good. We refuse to accept this kind of behavior. This past Saturday, we probably collected over 1,700 signatures. So we're gonna continue to collect signatures and recall six of these school board members. Wow, that's progress. And then you gotta run really good people. Patty, thank you, we'll stay on this. So being on Laura Ingram was my first uh, in 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 um intro into uh speaking on media so i was on glenn beck i had a great discussion with him uh then i went to um, newsmax with eric bowling i've been on fox news several times fox and friends um uh barney or barney do you guys know him uh he's great and so many other news networks. I gave more speeches to the school board meeting um, as well. We asked for you to listen to parents. You refused to listen. We asked for a town hall. You ignored us. We shared our vision for a parent's bill of rights. You mocked us. You violated open meeting laws by being in that private Facebook group. You say that parents are the ones pushing politics when, in fact, it is you aligning with the Loudoun Democrats and pushing their narrative. We tell you that critical race theory should not be in our schools. You lie and tell us it is not being taught here. We have proof of invoices from your equity consulting firm pushing critical race theory. We asked you to listen to the students who do not want shared bathrooms. You still passed 80-40. Ziegler and most of you knew about the sexual assault on May 28th, and you won't acknowledge the truth, and you blame others. And now you hire a supposed independent law firm to investigate the sexual assault and the cover-up. How is that not a conflict of interest? Don't worry, our new Attorney General, Jason Mayares, is requesting an investigation into the cover-up of these sexual assaults. Thank you. So I kind of fell over my words because you have one minute and it's on a time basis. They, If you notice the camera has turned around, they don't videotape the parents anymore speaking. So they control that. Then you have to stand on these little circle um, circles and move up. They they continued masking us. This is during 2021. And then um, there's a countdown, a little one minute digital clock. And you're like looking at it and you're trying to rush through your speech and you're like trying to get your, and it's the most antagonist, like they have controlled the entire narrative on parents this is our fundamental right this is why i was so frustrated with this school board that they were silencing their constituents i mean weren't we the ones that voted them into office 
aren't they supposed to represent us and our children? So it was, it was mind blowing. So as you can see, I became very passionate about this. I've spoken at many Republican groups, organized several rallies. Um, we had one called Education Not Indoctrination. We had almost 200 people there. I did a rally with Catholic Vote. They had Ken Cuccinelli, who was our former AG there as well. I was asked several times to do podcasts with Heritage Foundation. They even flew me down to Orlando to be part of their Heritage Action Sentinel Summit. I was in documentaries. It, we were just parents. That's what's so unique about our our journey was we were just parents. Um, I've been quoted in many news articles. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Federalist, but they did an article on me called Meet Patty Hidalgo Menders, a Loudoun County leader fighting critical race theory. Um, the left did not like that article, as you can imagine. But it just goes on to say, you know, why I got involved. I was just a mom at home with her kids during COVID, looking over his shoulder saying, what's going on? And then going to our elected officials to ask for more questions. Um, then I've spoken and trained many other parents from across the country on how to write a good speech and a quick one. Because if we were only given a minute, like I wanted these parents to feel confident giving their school board speeches. I also taught other parents how to rally others together and keep their courage. Um, I even secured Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire to come out to Loudoun County. And I did not know that he was doing that video on what is a woman. So he found out that Loudoun County was passing the 80-40 transgender uh, policy, and he started to promote that he was coming to Loudoun County. And um, he contacted me because I was one of the leaders of Republican groups there, and we were ready to have him. All of a sudden, the school board changed their policy and said, you need to live in Loudoun County to speak before the school board. So what Matt Walsh and I decided to do was write up a simple rental agreement, and he rented my basement for $1. So as we go into the school, we showed the rental agreement. We showed his ID and my ID to show that he was now a Loudoun County resident. So as you can see, we had to stay on top of what they were doing. They were trying to stop us every chance. Um, so I was determined to defend our children against separating them by skin color. The school board was pushing these progressive ideologies by race, gender, and we parents just wanted them to get back to academics. We wanted our children to learn math, science, how to write an essay, how to get into college or learn a trade. We just wanted them to prepare our children for life skills. Um, during this time, you may recall that a governor's race was happening. Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin, he heard our parents' cries for our children and he backed our parents' rights in our schools. And I'm happy to report that he won. We have a Republican governor in Glenn Youngkin, a Republican lieutenant governor in Winsome Sears, Republican attorney general in Jason Miares, and we have the Republican majority back in our House of Delegates. So um, do you remember when I was on Fox and Friends, I said that we were over, you know, strung by the Democrat Party? Well, we flipped everything. It was it was a miracle. I really think God had a lot to do with that. Um, and as my dad, who encouraged me in this fight, he said, put on your armor of God. 
This is a battle for the hearts and minds of our children. This is not just academics. This is this is the future generation of our country. And weren't we founded on godly principles? And they are trying to remove God from every part of our children's experience. And it's up to parents to um to do this. So as president of such a large Republican women's club, I would hold events for these three individuals and they would come. They were right there in the fight with us. In fact, Jason Miares, our attorney general, selected me to be his community liaison officer for Northern Virginia. I represent Jason, share his goals of securing public safety, backing up our law enforcement, you know, the whole defund police movement. We're slowly uh, building our law enforcement morale back up and putting victims first. Um, a lot of Commonwealth attorneys were bought out by Soros, pushing these agendas of letting criminals go and plea deals. Well, we're back to supporting victims. I have talked to so many victims who have been wronged by our criminal uh, appeals process. Um, and we want to return freedom and common sense back to Virginia. So what started with me as a mom wanting my child back to school continued with my fight to remove critical race theory and equity initiatives, along with removing transgender policies. Our schools should be learning places of knowledge, not imposing progressive Marxist values. And with that, I do not co-parent with the government. Thank you. It seems like so long ago. You know, and it's only been since end of 2020, you know, it's been, yeah, beginning of the pandemic. So that happened March of 2020. They locked our children down and then they locked them to that fall of 2020. And we were like, hey, can we get our kids back? I see private schools going back to school. We see Catholic schools going back. We see other public schools from other states going back. We're like, why are we still in lockdown? And then it, they didn't. They put our kids to hybrid, March of 2021. Hybrid meant two days in person with a mask behind all these plastic crap. But my son said, Mom, they can tell who the conservative families are because we're the ones that went back to school. And all the liberal kids are are back, are, are back, are, are staying in home. And I said, son, do not be afraid. I need you back in front of your teachers. This is the way to learn. And so um, it's interesting. He was embarrassed. I was part of that lawsuit because his initials were in it. And now he says teachers come up to him and say, hey, Ryan, um, is your mom Patty Menders? Tell her thank you for everything she did. So now my children are very proud of me. And um I didn't show you, but there was this woman on Twitter who really targeted me. Actually, there were two women, um, and her name is Kelly Herring. I don't care if you know her name, but she targeted me and made up stories about my children because of all of this um, wanting to get my kids back to school and stopping all the CRT. Um, and so she mess and I shared that with my sons. I said, look at how people are treating me. Well, do you know my middle son, Connor, went on Twitter, sent her a private message. He was so courageous and said, you're so weak that you would rather lambast my mother on Twitter instead of having a discussion with her in person. She's simply trying to stand up for the the lack of of um of the schools, you know, of not 
protecting our children. So I was so proud of him that he took the courage to kind of send her a private message. Um, and I actually um, did. So I did a lot of conservative media, but I said, you know what? They're, we're in a bubble. You know, conservatives, we all agree. Christians. I said, let me see if if liberal media would be willing to hear our plea. And I went on Showtime's The Circus. I will never do something like that again. Showtime has a lot of money behind their whole. And it was a 45 minute interview and they snipped it to really make me look like a racist woman. They never. Oh, it was so cut and pasted. It was disgraceful. So the white liberal girls, mostly some men, they found me whether it was through the women's club email, through LinkedIn, through Facebook, through Instagram, they sent me the nastiest messages. I shouldn't have read them, but it helped me realize how indoctrinated our young people are. Um, they used one gentleman used the word C-U-N-T probably 40 times to address me. Um, my husband was fearful a little bit because he's veteran and he knows he wants to protect himself and be proactive so we put cameras all over our house um and he got more ammunition so we're prepared um you know they they threatened to um write postcards to my neighbors calling me a racist they threatened to come to our home with a a megaphone and call me racist i, I didn't understand um why they were so vindictive of wanting to silence us and it's because of indoctrination they think that you know the constitution's not right they think that jesus is not right they just wanted to um the young people like what happened in cuba the young people should belong to the government and that is not why our country was founded um and so I'm happy to report that when Governor Yunkin took office, he enacted executive orders. And one of those was for the attorney general to investigate what's going on in Loudoun County. And I met with our lawyers. They are a bunch of badasses. Excuse my language. They are wonderful people who listen to our chronological events of what transpired. And I gave them tons of contact names to interview. And it took almost just under a year, but the report, the grand jury um, wanted to um, remove the superintendent, recommended that the school board remove the superintendent, and there were four um, criminal charges given. Our comms director, who we all loved, he was the gentleman that would say, you know, there's no school because of snow. He lied under oath. And so there's a felony against him. And then the superintendent faced three misdemeanors. So the lawyer for the schools tried to stop the grand jury. All They were in court so many times trying to stop the special grand jury. Um, but the judges, thank God, never let it happen. They tried to make the cases go to Fairfax, which is even more liberal, those court systems. So they stopped that. So it's proceeding. They did fire the superintendent. And we did fire the comms director. We have a new interim superintendent, and he, amazing, he has town halls for parents now. Um, this is what we've been asking for for so long. And four of those school board members are not seeking re-election. So it's nice to see that we parents did have, um, and our legal process um, had a lot to do with 
defending us. Uh, the attorney general, we fought back against the mandates, the mask mandates, and we fought fought back against the vaccine mandates. So um, that was in 2022. So it's interesting what started with a parent's movement. Um, we got the backing of our governor and attorney general through the legal process to really protect children. And now if you'll notice, um, Kevin McCarthy wants uh, parents bill of rights. And the father whose daughter was sexually assaulted was in that room with him um, to to show that parents, we need a voice. So we Parents are the ones that can strengthen our families. And it's interesting that your forum is called that because it really is up to parents to defend our children and get involved. And grandparents. Exactly. So are there any questions? Thank you you so much for everything you shared, Patty. Um, A lot of hard work, a lot of bravery. Yes. So God bless. God bless you. And it's unfortunate that we have school systems like this and people like this. Absolutely. So I'm a father of three girls and two of them right now are in Prince William County school system. Mm. So far we're in elementary school, right? And I've got a third one going, starting elementary school, maybe in a couple of years. So young family. Mm-hmm. How can I go about finding out if any CRT is being taught or like books on the bookshelves at my children's school? So far, I've not seen it. I do keep track of the things they're doing, and by and large, it looks like they're just focused on trying to meet the uh, state SOL tests. Like, so are the kids doing math? Are they reading? Like, so. there's two ways for you. FOIA, get to learn the FOIA request, uh, and you got to be specific with what you want to ask about. So okay. they, they might not have the words critical race theory in sure. their – I mean, but you can request email exchanges between school board members. You can um, request um, a list of their diversity library if they have such a thing. Um, you So be really specific to think outside the box. Also, in Loudoun County, the kids, the younger kids had an app. And I, and I can't recall, but it was like a reading app. Mm-hmm. I, rec- I recommend, go- did your children have Chromebooks or devices that the school gave them i have access so yeah the older one has a device and i have access to the accounts for both of the okay. uh, students i would kind of just familiarize yourself with the apps within the school granted uh chromebooks or um, laptops and and do some searching because there's videos in there um i we found a video um that came, went to like rap music and it was explaining um, uh, Andrew Jackson and the Trail of Tears, but they painted it in such a negative point. They they called it the the white. Uh, I, I, I can't remember the terminology, but it was so disgusting. To um, it was a horrible time in our history, but they really pushed the white man. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so look at your videos that the children are required to watch. Um, Get into, like in the high school level, there's something called advisory, um, which is a half an hour before school starts, where that's when they really implement some of this stuff. Um, Find out during homeroom um, if, like, um, there's a preschool in Loudoun County, which is very sad this is happening, but they handed out these little um, uh, books about race and how 
every kid, you know, why? What does that have to do with children? And it's interesting because right. my son plays football. And to him, it doesn't matter what color the kid on the other side of him is. It just matters that he holds the line, right? So how come in sports, it doesn't matter what color you are because it's about it's about putting your best players on the field. But yet in the classroom, they're going to make a big deal about this. So start digging into the materials that your children have, whether it's their laptop or use FOIA. FOIA should be your friend. I was not good at FOIA. We had other. So I felt like each parent had a purpose. Um, I would gather the people for rallies. Um, Ian Pryor with Fight for Schools, he would do a lot of media and then tell each of us. I even did media training. So I knew what my talking points were. Um, and then a lot of parents were really good at FOIA. So Blake, get, get, get used to that. Okay. Prince William is not, I haven't heard as much ugliness as I've heard in Fairfax, Alexandria and Arlington and Loudoun, um, but it's seeping in to all the other schools, I'm sorry to say. Um, Blake, I would also rally people to run for school board. Um, yeah. we, we've got to take our local elections back. I think for Christian conservatives, I think we are so busy taking care of our own families and our own jobs that we are letting other people hold these positions and we've got to get involved. I have a lot of my club members that are now running for office. That's great. Yeah. So was there any other questions? Just to Blake also, make sure you go to your board meetings or Zoom them, but be there in person, get as many people as you can and get to know your, your superintendent and just watch the interaction. Uh, between them because um, yeah you just need to do that you need to, they need to know that you're watching them and there's a lot that uh, goes on that you won't know that you won't see it wander down to the classroom yet but you got to go behind the scenes um, a question for uh, Patty wasn't there before the twins video wasn't there somebody you mentioned had a video from a classroom uh, and, and, well, I know I'll have to give you the mic back. And my question is, how did you get that video? Um, and uh, we're here in Jefferson County, West Virginia, which I assumed, having left Montgomery County, that it was going to be different. But it's not. And if anything, so, yes, I've I've sort of done the same thing you've had to in Jefferson County, I've spoken at probably 20, 20 board meetings and, and tried to plan, uh, well, not rallies, but trying to get more people involved in any way I can. We've asked for many FOIAs and they don't get responded to. So there might be an investigation, I don't know. But then we're also trying to get a petition going, which I believe is how you um, are recalling, using to recall board members. So that's kind of in process, but we, I don't know a way to get 20, a hundred, you know, a hundred or even 20 people involved. Uh, parents, obviously in Jefferson County, you don't have as much um, affluent families. People are working. The board has, now I'm on, sorry, now I'm on my soapbox <laughs> because the board has no, the 
the board and, you know, I love teachers, but they've also been indoctrinated. Most of them, in, I'm jumping around here, but in fact, uh, the teachers themselves voted, put forth a letter with a vote of no confidence for three of the board members in Jefferson County. Um, which has no legal power behind it, but the fact that the teachers stood up and, and did yeah, that, it, it, but um, there again, it was the numbers that were involved because the numbers of teachers showed up at the board meetings. And, you know, and also, Blake, another thing is once you find anything out, write letters to the editor. I've done that tons of times. We only have little local papers here. Um, and um, yeah, just letters to the editor. Just because if you're at a board meeting, at least in Jefferson County, you've got five board members, you know, and maybe five people that show up and, and, and sometimes the, the news also or the newspapers. Um, but yes, it's, uh, I, yes. So those two questions, how did you get the video in the classroom and, um, sure. So you'll recall I was president of this 500-member Republican Women's Club, and I put out an email to our club members asking for snapshots, videos, anything that they thought was not appropriate. And so I already had – I felt like God placed me – in that role before all of the COVID lockdown happened to prepare me to grow this large organization. And um, I was I was very good at delegating. So we had a committee of letters to the editor and every week they would take turns pushing that out there. We had a group that was really good with media interviewing. We had a group that was really good about building those big billboards, you know, um, the signs. So we were, and then I would hold rallies. I would have elected officials come. So um, what was another of your question? So that's about the videos. So unfortunately, you need to learn your laws. Virginia state law, it's very difficult to recall people. Um, Fight for Schools did try to recall um, two, the chair and the vice chair, who was really pushing all these political ideologies. And unfortunately, we had a liberal judge and liberal Commonwealth attorneys, and they did recuse themselves, but the people that took over, they dismissed the cases for recall. It's really hard to recall. So this is why it's important. Elections have consequences. Every election matters. And you've got to get good conservative or, or common sense. There are some Democrats that we can work with um, that don't vote like this new left Marxist Democrat party. So Elections matter. Get people, encourage candidates to run um, for every office. Right now in Loudoun County, we have 33 candidates, local candidates running, board of supervisors, treasurer, clerk of the court, uh, commonwealth attorney, sheriff, uh, school board. I mean, we have a lot of local elections this year. And it's important that you encourage others to get involved. And unfortunately, like you said, we all have families. We're, you know, focused on them and working and we rely on our retired people to step up. But it's got to be it's got to be all of us. You know, um, I felt like God put me at that time 
I felt like my experience from my parents escaping Cuba to me being a single mother to me being in charge of the women's club, I felt like he prepared me for this role. It's it's just been um, I didn't want to do this. My husband didn't want me to do this, um, but my dad encouraged me and I just kept thinking very uh, strategically and organized and communicative. I mean, I put it I actually left my job September of 2021 because they wouldn't let me do any more media. And my dad is like, you've got to leave that job and continue. So my husband and I had to really think about it. And for those last three months of the elections, I went full force in getting our voices heard. Did you have a question? Just I, I just don't know how you get people rallied like that. I mean, I have so many friends that think like me. But it's like, well, we're too. We're all quiet. We don't want to go against like the the. We're surrounded by all of that, you know. And you know, I've gotten involved locally a little bit, but uh, and I know a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people I know probably would, but everyone's quiet. It's weird. It's just a, a uncomfortable and all that kind of stuff. But I know that they feel the same way I do. It's just hard for them to go against the grain, you know. So people are not going to be involved unless it affects them personally. That's just human nature. Um, what happened in our unique situation was twofold. They blacklisted those 40, 50 parents and we got pissed. <laughs> you know, that one elected official school board member that, that really instigated this. And then the other one was, um, they were, um, what was the other one? The superintendent wouldn't listen. They, the town hall's idea, they just kept dismissing. So I think um, you've got to figure out a way to personally touch people. It's got to, they, they've got to get past the point where I'm going to stay silent, I'm well-mannered, I'm conservative, I'm Christian, to when their freedoms have been taken from them or their children's freedoms have been taken. Then people get involved. And I um, also partnered with other conservative organizations like Heritage Action, like Freedom Works. There was a group called Family Foundation. I, I asked them to come and they lent their signs and their support. I had a um, printer from Richmond send me big banners and yard signs for free. I just had to meet him half time, halfway in Fredericksburg, and he gave me this like car full of printing material. So I just felt like the more our voices were heard in the media, these people wanted to help the best the way they could. Now, I'm going to tell you the people out front take the most slings and arrows. Uh, my friend Ian Pryor and I were whew, harassed a lot. It was hard on our families. In fact, Ian is in a lawsuit against some of these players that went after him personally. Um, the minute I worked for the attorney general, all of that stopped. I felt a little more protected. Um, but the offset was I couldn't go public anymore. I represented the attorney general, so I took a different role. But I still um, help people one-on-one. -on -one. So you've got to find a way to personally capture people's um, uh, 
pains, whether they feel like their freedoms have been taken. You know, I've been in sales and marketing for a long time, so I could paint the picture of what was happening to our children really clearly. And that's what you got to do. You got to um, be able to describe um, the freedoms taken and how it's this is not how our founding fathers wanted it. See, it's interesting because we're all taxpayers. Our money is going into these schools. And I don't know about what Jefferson County, but in Loudoun County, 65% of our taxpaying, you know, local state goes to the school board. Yes, it's awful. It is awful. How do you know that our budget is $1.3 billion for the schools? That and, and Fairfax is like three billion. I mean, that's a lot of money for these schools to I mean they changed school names, you know, because they're racist. Uh they spent so much money on uh these curriculum, the equity consultants. We found out one equity consultant in Fairfax received four hundred and fifty five thousand dollars. I mean, uh, there's also um, Thomas Jefferson, which is the number one high school in the country. It's located in Fairfax County. It's supposed to be a public school, but you apply. They changed the admission structure because they thought there were too many Asians in the class. And so the attorney general investigating and we're, it's in the process now. We found 17 schools in Northern Virginia did not give national merit scholarship awards. I mean, this is money, scholarship money for these children to go to college or whatever. Um, it's a joke within the Indian community that their children do not get accepted to Virginia Tech and UVA. We've held roundtables with a lot of the Asian communities, and it's a it's a joke to them. So their children go out of state and that enraged our attorney general. He's saying we are we're losing good people that could be going to school and learning. So you got to figure out a way to touch people personally. And when I did that interview with Showtime's The Circus, she kept asking me, why is education such a big issue in the governor's race? And I go, you want to know why? And she's like, yes. And I go, because you don't mess with our children. Those are our children. It's not the states. It's not the governments. There are children. So she didn't, she might not have liked my answer, but I kind of pushed back at her and she was Asian. And I go, you know what? They consider you white adjacent now, ma'am. And she's like, what? So I just, you know, it's all wordsmithing. You got to, you got to be quick to think how the liberals think. Unfortunately, um, I, I'm, I know that there's parents still fighting, but now we see, change has been made because of our governor and attorney general. And um, we do have three conservatives on the school board, um, but it's, it's a tough battle. You've got to just keep educating people. Any Thomas Jefferson, it's in Fairfax County. It's, it's um, you have to apply. Yeah. If you Google Thomas Jefferson high school, you'll see, yeah, it's the top number one school. And what's interesting is 48% of the students that apply happen to be Asian. But does it really matter? No. It should be the top of the top, get admitted, and and end a story. Well, Fairfax County Superintendent said that it wasn't fair. You know, it didn't have diversity enough. And they... Um, they changed their admissions policies, and now they're they're not giving out 
National Merit Awards. So we're pushing back. So thank you so much for having me. I have a question. Oh, hi. Go hi. ahead. Hey, uh, first, I want to uh, applaud you for, um, you know, for speaking up, you know, because anytime you are um, just anybody who wants to say something, the truth, right, you'll be harassed oh, and yeah. silenced. <laughs> and yeah. so I applaud your courage, thank you know. You. And um, is you? I think you you can uh, answer this already, but I think maybe in a maybe like a lower la level. I ha I was just talking to my friends. I'm from the Philippines. I'm in Pennsylvania, but I have some uh, friends in New Jersey who are Filipino, and we're just discussing this in a forum yesterday about schools. And so a lot of my friends they are not aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. In the school system, it's either they're not aware or they are not, they don't care. Or, but I was trying to speak up yesterday in our forum, and I guess I just realized they are not aware or they yeah. are not, they're not concerned or they're, you know. So how can, because I'm, I love them. I, I'm concerned about their kids. So how can I, you know, like show these facts to them? Some parents were aware but some are not and then they were looking at me like i'm complaining a lot and i was telling them like i am not complaining i'm just pointing out what is there so that we're, ha we're having alternatives you know because i homeschool my kids Good. so i it's okay but i see their kids is in trouble so i just want to say something but they're looking at me like i am complaining i said i am not complaining I am showing you what's going on mm -hmm. in the in the public school system. So well, how can I do that? <laughs> it's similar to if it personally affects you, you're going to get involved. Now, what are children, do they usually come home and tell you about anything that happens in school? I've got sons. My sons never tell me anything, right? So your children are not going to share, oh, mom, they talked about race in school today. No, but you've got to have these discussions with your children. So my son now became like my little private eye. And mm -hmm. uh, the parent liaison of the high school is a friend of mine, and she's a Christian conservative. And I would so my son would take pictures of like Pride Month display or mm -hmm. teachers pushing the whole rainbow thing. And I would say to the parent liaison, hey, what's this about? And she would do her little research and get back to me. I also got our. Um, my club members would send me screenshots of the social, the young socialist Democrat party club at my son's high school. I got rid of that Democrat socialist club twice at my son's high school. Cause guess what? I went straight to the principal. I said, this is not acceptable. And I shared my personal story and guess what? They shut it down. Then that, that those kids came back and created a new name uh, I think it was just Socialist Club. And then we shut that one down. And then now they're called the Progressive Club. I went to the t to the principal and I demanded. I said, I would love to talk to. Um, they shut it down the first time because the advisor was not aware of it. The second time um, they, uh, I guess there's, when you sign up for a club, there's certain like um, requirements or whatever. So they didn't abide by the requirements. So it was all on a technicality, but I shut it down. I feel good. 
that I brought it to the principal's attention. Um, and I said, listen, if that teacher who's 21, a guidance counselor, wants to hear from a, a child of a, of a parent who escaped a socialist country, I would love to come and talk to them. So you've got to you've got to be brave like you are, Lila. Thank Lila. Thank you so much. Um, some people are not going to believe you. I had dinner with this liberal couple and he pushed back and said, my kid doesn't tell me anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And he didn't want to he didn't want to talk to me. So you're going to have to pray for those people and say good luck with your children in college then <laughs> because mom and dad will not be there with them in college or wherever they move off to. So you've got to give the foundation for your family now. Like even though I was a single mom, we still prayed before meals. We held hands. We went to church. I put them through Sunday school. You know, I didn't let those values disappear. And the Internet is crazy. It's on every kid's school phone and Chromebooks and all this stuff. So parents are fighting against that evil on the Internet. And that's, yes, they're surrounded by it. The social media, the TikToks and everything. Um, so parents have to be more involved. We've got to be as educated and knowledgeable and not afraid to share our godly principles and values. That's that's where it comes down to. Thank you. Okay, so if they have um now they have Satan clubs in schools or after school kids can go to the Satan club now. Why don't they have a Jesus club? Why don't they have a Bible study club? If they put the, up the LGBT flag, why don't they put up you know the, the American flag? Why don't they recite the Pledge of Allegiance anymore? Why don't they pray? And in the morning time before school starts anymore, ever since Roe v. Wade passed in 1973, it's it's just been a um, snowball effect of evil, one after the other, after the other. And having said that, it's a we're in a position where um, what what is it that I wanted to say um, that in the, in Revelations it says there's a passage in Revelations I think it's eight and then I, but I don't remember specifically but it says that cowardice is a sin. Fear is also a sin. So we are being, we are, we are pandering to Satan by allowing ourselves to be fearful. Oh, you know, and you know, we're afraid because we don't want to get ourselves in trouble. We don't want somebody to come in the middle of the night and break our windows, you know, or harass us. But at the same time, as people of faith, I've, I think we've turned the other cheek far too many times now to our own detriment. So we kind of did this to ourselves. We kind of did this to ourselves. There is hope because I feel like the country is waking up to this. Um, I'm really proud. All six of my sons are Christian conservatives. And we would have discussions in the family uh, around meals. That's the best time. I really think parents need to reestablish those family meals if you're not already doing it. I know we're pulled in many different directions with sports and whatever. I was always mandatory that I had to check in with my children. No devices at the table, no phones. And, um, you know, elections have consequences. So you just got to be courageous. Um, I really do think that God prepared me for this role. Um, my husband did not like it. He did not. And I'll be honest, he struggles with his faith. And I think that's where it comes from. But I, I really believe 
that parents have to have a backbone. You've got to discipline again. And it, and it, you can see the parents that don't discipline <laughs> because you see the actions of the children, right? Um, but you're also, I know a lot of parents want to be their children's friends. I'm, I wasn't their friend. I, I did not agree with some of the choices my children made. And that's up to the parents. You know, I took my role as a parent very seriously. And I know there's a lot of parents that do. But I'm seeing that the generation of young people, they're coming back to conservative principles. We have organizations like Turning Point and, um, and others that are really focused on young people. Um, I think his name is Louder with Crowder. He goes to college yeah. campuses and he questions them. And um, I know that there's uh, uh, whoever it is. They Michael Knowles with uh, Daily Wire. He goes on college campuses. So it, it's it's the courage. You just and like she said in the Bible, fear and cowardice is not good for our children. And we've got to show the example. And teachers are not the parents. I'm sorry. Those are my children. And, you know, was I fearful to send that email to the principal? Yeah, probably. But she followed up right away because she knows I'm a common sense parent. I don't I don't get involved. I know if they call me and my son did something, I'm going to believe them. So I think it's about respect, coming back to respect, to respecting teachers, believing them. You know, there is a lot of helicopter parents today, um, but it's all about just putting God in the center of your families. Um, and that helps you make good decisions. All right. Is that it? Oh, you have one more? I'm glad Richard is a friend of mine. We, we, we know each other. And I go back to the, the, the last picture you had. The government. I do not co-parent this new age religion. And that's stopped at 9-11 for me. I'm co-parent with God. We have to come to a, a spiritual revival. And there was a sign this year, this Ashbury revival, but but there is still strange fire with all this, you know, controversy. But the authentic fire is when I was here. I hear authentic fire. So I'm very happy about that. And I say the 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 role of women will be changed. For me, my mother is a French woman. It's Lady Liberty. The light and my wife is lady justice but lady justice is represented with a blinder but i'm also swiss citizen and in switzerland we have a lady liberty who has no blinder but just the eyes closed so who can open the eyes the spiritual eyes is only god so i'm expecting god will oh, in the spiritual revival, open the eyes um, of, like you have opened the eyes of all this is what they, wrong is wrong, but also spiritually, so that we, we put directly on my card, I have, I'm a pastor of my family. Nobody else is a pastor of my family. Beautiful. Thank you. So I got to share with you in my church, our pastor told me Christians are going to be um, 
we're going to be tested more now than ever. We're going to be, um, what's the word he used? Um, uh, discriminated against, um, harmed, silenced. Um, it's not cool to be Christian, right? So we've got to be able to courageously and non-fearfully stand up. And I did this for my kids. And, um, you know, one of my children said, Mom, did you do all this just to be famous? I go, no, son, I did not do this to be famous because I care about you personally and your relationship with God. And we have every right in America to voice our displeasure with our elected officials. So that's another thing is about educating parents that it's their fundamental right in this country to voice your grievance with your elected official. And with that, thank you so much for coming. Okay. Amen. Thank, thank you, Patty. Wow. We appreciate your testimony, your fire, your godliness. Thank you for that. I, I think, you know, just like Jesus in the Bible, he definitely looked at the laws and uh, the customs of that time, like what was going on. And like very practically, very pragmatically, while also holding very strong faith in God. I think the very similar thing needs to happen if, <clears throat> you know, we are to hold our children in a very precious space and protect them for the future. And I think that in a country that <clears throat> was founded with um, an acceptance of the enslavement of another race, another human being, um, and then throughout its history, um, laws were placed down to determine where people could live, our housing policies, our, um, you know, city ordinances, where certain businesses could be, who could vote, you know, how you could, you know, who, and, and then when that was determined, then uh, restrictions on that and that were government sponsored. So there's a lot of stuff. If you think about, you know, I agree with your statement in the beginning that said like, you know, I, People's, you know, experiences and, you know, familiar relations and all, it, it all, you know, their surroundings, it all determines like their life, who they become. And when our surroundings in the United States, particularly, have been determined by our government and, and not just determined by our government, but determined by our government on the foundation of race and that, you know, this is when race is legal, race is open discrimination determined upon somebody's race is legal. And the this the laws and the city ordinances and the how the policies that you know determine how schools were funded and what they could teach all determined by you know taxes and where people live in. and that was determined by the government which was based upon race. If we don't allow our children to explore how we literally got to where we are today, then you know our effort to try and like protect them as you know you're saying like i agree i do we definitely do need to protect them protect intellectually you know how we are going to move about in the future if we don't look at very critically very very pragmatically the how we got to where we are and how it was based on race and how that is written into the laws of our land all the way to the supreme court level then we are doing our children an injustice by saying we don't want this to be talked about, we don't. Want, and so, like you know, I you know we we disagree or agree on what 
if critical race theory needs to be taught, if it needs to be talked about, or if race should even be talked about. That's one thing. But another thing is like, well, the actual tenets of, you know, how we came to be need to be discussed very practically not just it was like this it was like it was, no this was like this This is why this law was written this is how it happened and this is how this city is today i live in the city of baltimore city of baltimore is the first city that had that was openly uh segregated like legally segregated term by race and the policies that were back written back in the 1910 1920s and stuff are still dictating our schooling here in Baltimore City, our housing here in Baltimore City, who is uh, who has access to uh, fresh food and stuff. So all that stuff is all you know determined on stuff that was hundreds of years ago. That that was in a time where where you could be openly racist and openly discriminatory, and it's affecting us it's affecting us to this day. So whether we want to look at it or not. Not talking about it, not bringing it up, not trying to look at it critically and just say, like, yeah, that's the reality. This is how it's affecting us. How do we actually change that? We're just going to keep going about and acting as if it's not a real thing. And then when it's brought up, keep smashing it down. And so my question to you is like, well, this is since it is a reality that certain policies and stuff like that, not certain, almost all are, you know, how cities are planned out education taxes housing policy all that like how do you see us you know discussing that in our public school system so i i know that you're um, a believer of christ right accurate okay good so you know jesus talked about that he wants us all to be like children and I remember that story where he's surrounded by children and the innocence and the love and the beauty that resonated. Jesus would have rather been with kids. And something happens as children grow, adults teach them the realities of life. And it's sad because then they, they're introduced to evil and they're introduced to our differences. And, and then you get more division. So I think... The reason I stood up and fought was because they were affecting my children, the innocence of my children. And I taught them to look through a lens of of no color, no gender, and to accept people by their words and their actions. My parents escaped from Cuba. They targeted the wealthy of Cuba and kicked them all out. Or they would take away your property and give it to the government. And so I have that. I understand what it's like to lose your freedoms. And I fought for my children during my divorce. And I wanted them to be as innocent as possible. You know, what adults happen to adults, it shouldn't affect our children. Um, I'm a proponent of smaller government. I truly believe in the freedoms of individual rights. Um, I know that there's problems in cities where there's um, racial division and our country was founded under that. Um, But I know that that there's a lot of great leaders that uh, look through a lens like Jesus did with his children, where it's really the actions of the person versus their skin color. So 
our governor is trying to change the history standards in Virginia to include all the truth in our history, our American history. There is, you know, every country on this planet has had wars and, and discrimination and harm and slavery. There's a lot of evil. It's the only way I can call it out. Uh, and it is evil. Um, I just have to take care of my family right now. And I saw that our government, our elected officials, our school board was changing my innocent child. And that's when I stood up. That's when I said, out of the mouths of babes, my son said, mom, we don't even look at race with my friends. Uh, on the football team, it doesn't matter what color the kid next to me is. It matters that he holds the line. I'm just, I just, I just want to make a statement though about that is that, you know, children, whether they tell you that they don't see like race or something like that, I, that, that may can be true, but what they do see and what everybody does see is the different tones in somebody's skin. And I've had people as young as one, two, three, four, come up to my friends or people I know or even myself and say some your skin colors I want to touch it I want to you know why is it like that and so that I agree with you there is this curiosity and innocence in children and they do you know there isn't already a lens that they're looking through that says that one skin tone is better or is more deserving than another and so I agree with you that that purity does need to be preserved at the same time though it will not be preserved as long as what is moving in the United States uh, in terms of trying to like not look at ourselves, ourselves, we are citizens of the United States, not look at ourselves critically and say like, wow, these policies have shaped the way our cities are, which determine where violence is, which determine whose communities get policed more and determine whose, you know, particular friends and family get locked up more. And it's an unconscious thing because we're not looking at it. We're not learning about it. And then when it is called up, you know, there is space for somebody to say, oh, I feel like somebody's blaming me or it's my fault. And it's like, no, no, we are literally all a part of it. And we all are moving on this very fast train towards look it, it i mean we are in it and it's it's uh dismissal of a reality that is affecting everybody in their daily lives and but we don't really want to talk about it and my question I mean, that's what i'm saying i was like well if it, it is a reality it's not something that we can't you know dismiss the laws are there they're written they're in the supreme court they've been recorded you know, there's all these different cases for this, this, that, and the fifth. You know what I mean? There's the reasons why we have Title IX. There's reasons why we have the Civil Rights in 1965, 1955, 1963, There's a reason why all these things are coming about. And it's like, well, they need to be discussed and very practically because as we go forward in the future, if we're not looking at it, then what we're going to do is continually step on ourselves whether we are white or black or Hispanic or yellow or green. And so I'm asking you like, well, how do you, how do you think that they, it needs to be addressed? If, it, if not critical race theory, you know, then what, then like, then how do you, how do you see? 
in the in the public school system. That's what I'm saying. I'm private and Pachata, they got their own stuff. That's different. Well, it's a very complicated answer. You know, um, that's why um, I think understanding our history is very important. Um, <clears throat> and every community has different issues. And um, and I appreciate your question. Um, but in my family, I expect A's no matter what. I expect them to be respectful of others no matter what. Um, it's, it's a complicated situation and I hear you. I've got friends in Baltimore. Um, I'm friends with the GOP chair and, you know, Kimberly Klasick, she's big in Baltimore. She ran for Congress. Um, they taught me a lot and they just want us to continue to be courageous to defend our children. Um, and I was in a very, um, traumatic marriage and I had to fight my ex-husband so I know what it's like to defend your children um but I didn't I I I didn't use my single parenting as uh, a crutch to not enforce discipline and morality and values and um I mean I've had all sorts of parents come to me for help. I had this black couple come to me just that last week. Their daughter was forcefully um, uh, checked for her a vape, and the SRO um, made her, you know, put up her shirt and look for it. And right there, it had nothing to do with race. It had to do with they did not go to the parent to ask their permission first for their 15-year-old to be searched. So for me, it's about civil rights. It's about parents' rights. It's about that child's rights. Um, so I don't, I don't discuss this through a lens of race, which... I, I, that's what I kind of hear from you. I think I go back to the principles that Jesus taught to be children of God, to accept all, to be as kind as we can. Maybe I'm naive, but I'm, I'm more focused on my family and making sure that they have the manners and values. And, you know, if you go to church, you wear night, you know, pick up your pants and tuck it in and, you know, all those simple little things. You know, I know as best I can where my kids are and who they hang out with. Granted, they're 18 to 24 now, so they're older, but I still hold them accountable. I'll be honest. My son ran a stop sign on school property and the SRO took him aside. Took him aside and said, I want to talk to you tomorrow morning. My son didn't show up. That SRO called me and I said, thank you for bringing this to my attention. He will show up on Tuesday morning. I will make sure of it. So it's about parenting. It's about holding your children accountable. Um, you can discuss the realities of our history, but I don't want a separation of victims and oppressors. I, that's just how I believe. Okay. Hey, Victor, I think we're out of time. Maybe, um, We'll have a. I'll be giving a couple presentations too, so you're welcome to jump in. This could be a long discussion, so I yeah, hope- yeah. Thank you, Patty, for answering my questions. I, I appreciate you, Uncle Richard, for letting let me speak on it. Yeah. Okay, no worries, no worries. Welcome back. Um, we'll get started again. I think she can address your question. Oh, it's just the comments. Um, uh, 
I grew up in a black community. I also served the black community as a character and abstinence educator to black communities, one in Chicago and, um, you know, Patterson, New Jersey. And um, it, there, there are studies that have been suppressed about um, the plight of all people, regardless of, of color, related to fatherlessness. Um, it is the number one determinant of poverty. Even o Obama, when he was in office, cited that it is the number one determinant of poverty, okay, fatherlessness, which is experienced in not just the black community. So I believe it is the Marxists that dig up the old gripe because Marxism has to take effect with people that have a gripe against the haves. Without the haves uh, being hated or accused by the have-nots, Marxism can never take take hold. So, um, so that whole entitlement that is fed into the mind of the have-nots, regardless of color, um, it drives Marxist revolutions. So it doesn't come from nowhere. It doesn't come from basic resentment over past deeds, misdeeds, disparity, anything like that. It is purpose purposely dug up again and again and again to keep um, animosity uh, at a high level to promote revolution. So I'm saying that as a black man, okay? So I don't want my people to misdiagnose what's bothering them. Otherwise they won't really fix the problem. So that's why I need to say this because we're getting a good handle on the fatherlessness issue. And we're getting a good handle on the attitudes that have caused a war between the, 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 the black man and the black woman. And um, we're looking at that now more and more, I can see, which is a good thing. And I think the more that those efforts to repair the relationship between the black man and the black woman are successful, the, the need to gripe will disappear because we will be healing uh, our children more. And um, so the need for the gripe uh, will not be like misplaced or misdiagnosed based on, you know, the, 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 the ailments that the children experience. I am um, so I'm so glad that you came forward um, because I was a single mother with three little boys living in a very expensive area. And my ex-husband was always saying the opposite and disciplining the children the opposite of the way I wanted to. He does not believe in God. And I had to really raise my children with a firm foundation of faith in God, focus on our family. I always said our new family is the four of us. And I would pray to God for a, a man to come into my children's and my life to be that father figure for them. I kept them in sports. They had good men role models. They had good teachers. And I was a very aware parent as best I could. Um, my father was my strength. Um, he was uh, a role model for my sons. Um, but it was a struggle. Um, my children for almost nine years did not have a father figure. Um, that was strong, godly man. And it wasn't until I, I met my husband in 2015 that we recommitted to a family of a husband and wife in the center 
and children are welcome, but that foundation. Um, so I am so grateful that you're helping children, especially with abstinence. I would love to bring that back and make that a popular way to raise our children again. Um, that's the way I was raised. You know, I'm Hispanic. My whole life, I was put into this minority category, affirmative action, apply for this scholarship, you can get more money, we want you, this is going to help our, our um, they, you know, I could only apply to Spanish uh, events and so forth. And I remember turning to my parents saying, I'm an American, I don't want to be, I, you know, the identity of a Cuban American, I want to be an American. Um, and now you're right. I feel like they're creating these victims based on race. And it's frustrating because I'm Hispanic. I was a single mom. I was like saying no to these identity markers of keeping me down. I yeah. saw through my parents, education was how we got out of poverty. Hard yeah. work. I made my all six of my boys work. Oh, they pushed back. Let me tell you, they didn't want to get a job, right? And now these are all hardworking young men. And um, I can so appreciate what you're saying because I, I know the Marxist ideology are trying to separate us. And they're finding victims by, think about it, in our government – you get more welfare if you're a single mother and you have more children. How, how can we incentivize families with income based on no father and more children? Um, you know, don't even get me started on abortion. I'm very pro-life. My niece at 26 got pregnant unwed. I am 100%. In fact, she's giving birth today. <laughs> and, um, she is an unwed mother, and I shared with her the difficulties, but you've got to be strong in your faith. You've got to be strong in your family, your extended family, um, and it's a blessing to share our values of wanting to get back to those those foundations of morality. Yeah, and good, good sex leads to world peace. Bad sex leads to fighting. Amen. Okay, so I know these kind of discussions could go on facing definitely, but we're going to wind down the discussion for Patty. And our next speaker is yours truly, 